Another edition of Off the Bench. Jamoke Davis here with Jeremy Hyman and Jacob Rain. We have a great show for you. It's kind of like our Madness of March episode. We'll have Daniel Ochefu, formerly of the Villanova Wildcats. They won the NCAA championship last year. We're looking forward to having him on later in the show to talk about his experience. And we'll get to some Wizards as well. We are back from the West Coast road trip. Uh, which fortunately Jeremy did finally make it on. Uh, we're going to start the show talking about Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, give us a little play-by-play of how you missed that first flight. What happened there, my man? I didn't, I didn't know that was public public knowledge. But, oh yeah. But yeah, I, I got. I took my team fine. Uh, it's team, team fine. Missed, missed the flight out. Took my own way out. Luckily, I didn't miss anything because you just get in the night before and it's kind of just a rest a rest night that first night in Phoenix, but. I did miss out on some personal things that I was very unhappy about. <laughs> Phoenix is one of my favorite cities to visit. You know, you know they know me in Phoenix, Jamoka. <laughs> they know you in Phoenix. <laughs> I missed out on some things, but that's that's okay. I uh, was that your first time ever missing a team flight? Yes, that was. But uh, you know, we had, like, we had a you? medical a medical problem the night before, and then. It was just, I don't know. It just, I didn't make it in time. But uh, how did you feel? Because I know you don't like letting anyone down. So I can't imagine what your emotions were when you realized, oh, shoot, I'm not going to make it. I mean, I felt terrible. I hate, I don't like, I don't know. It was awful. But You felt like the Detroit Lions let commercial, you down? commercial out there and fly through Minnesota, and it was awful. Oh. It was uh, that was actually the only bad part of the trip because from there we actually just rolled right through and won the first four games uh, in pretty dramatic fashion. So once we got going, once I got out there, then I was good. And uh, yes, as Jeremy alluded to, it was a great road trip. Four and one. The team won at Phoenix, at Denver, at Sacramento, at Portland, and then unfortunately lost to Minnesota to end the road trip. But Jacob, just. Talk about what you thought of this team's performance on that trip. Well, they've only gone four and one on road trips a handful of times in franchise history. They've never gone five and zero. Oh. We were close, very um, close. I really, I really thought that we had Minnesota right where we wanted them when we were down twenty, um, based on the past two games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Portland down twenty one at the half. Sacramento down fifteen in the fourth quarter. Come back and win both of those games. You could have written either of those two games off. I was. I was talking with Jeremy um, at halftime of the Portland game, and I was saying, ah, just rest Brad and John second half. Like, mm-hmm. get, him, get him ready for Portland. And uh, I was really wrong, <laughs> um, obviously. <laughs> and then you had uh, Keefe game winner and um, a little bit of controversy around it. But just a little bit. It's neither here nor there. Um, but, yes, wildly successful um, and really – Really big things ahead. They moved into the second seed for the first time all season for a moment. Um, I believe as we're taping this, they're uh, they're back in third now. Yeah. But with an opportunity to move into second, if we're taping this Wednesday morning, Before with an opportunity the to, Mavericks game to move back into second if they beat the Mavs tonight. Yeah. I think that's right. Uh, yeah, I think the Celtics also play, so we'll have to check that. Um, it's 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 you know there's still a month left, so up. I don't have the standings there. We don't need to get into the. Uh, Minutia of the standings the every, I mean, every day. Both, both John and Brad had marvelous individual weeks. Um, for John, it resulted in a Player of the Week award. Um, he, of course, said, he said that he would have liked it to have been a Co-Player of the Week can't award. They with Brad. Co-player they can they do a Co-Player of the Week? They can. Yeah. Come on. I think would they should have just amend it. Would have been nice, NBA. but nonetheless, it's always nice when we receive accolades from the NBA. Yeah. 
Um, Washington is a half a game behind Boston, so if they win tonight. I think we'll be ding, percentage ding, ding, points ding, ding. out of them. Yeah. Yes, which would be exciting. Jeremy, what was the mood of the players like? Uh, give, it, give the fans an insight into not on the court, but just how jovial they are, easy to talk to, on the plane, they're happy. Just talk a little bit about that because I know going into the road trip or looking at this month, even in October, we all picked this month as like this is going to be the roughest month for the Wizards. And so far they've turned it into one of the best performances ever and, and for any franchise of us to uh, win on the road. Yeah, that's what we thought. We all said coming into March this was the, the grueling schedule of March, and it has been, and they just haven't let it affect them. Uh, you know, every one of those games, kind of the pregame chatter was, you know, four games in five nights. Or you, you know, we'd ask Coach Brooks, are you thinking about is there going to be anyone resting? And, yes, the players, you know, there's their fatigue setting in. And they might say, yeah, I mean, some were tired. I mean, there's no doubt they are, but they wouldn't let it. They wouldn't use it as an excuse. And like Jacob mm-hmm. said, halftime of either of those games, especially the Portland one on the which was the fourth game of the four and five nights, you're down that big at the half on the road. You know, you've already won three. You could easily, easily, you know, pack it in there. Not only that, but that was that's a, that was a Portland game that team that came into that game playing exceptionally well. Yeah, they've dropped a couple since then now, but. Um, I know they lost in New Orleans earlier this week and lost to us, but they, they, they had been on fire. Well, that's and John said post game after that game, he said, you know, if we if they had scored the first few buckets of that second half, you know, we might not have even even have had the chance to come back. And, they, you know, yeah, they might have actually had to you know, start to sit them. But they came out strong in the third quarter and then they cut into the lead and then the bench did a nice job and. That you know that was a wild you know then they actually built up a lead in the last minute and Portland mm-hmm. came back to send it to overtime, um, which was kind of crazy in itself and the overtime period was pretty wild. It, you know I, after the game if you want a little insight, you know some stuff you don't you didn't get to see or hear. That's right, Jeremy. John, you know John and Brad actually they asked you know they asked me and a couple of the guys that were in the locker room they asked did you think that game was better than the Cleveland game. Kind of talking really? about themselves and with us, you know, wow. just kind of chit chat about that. But it was, I, yeah. I still, I said, I don't think there's anything that will arrive that could get up to where that Cleveland game was. The only difference was we won the Portland one. So <laughs> yeah, I think that was, but, uh, but you know, Brett, they were both, I, you know, that was some of the talk after that game. I mean, that basically that's how good that game was. And, yeah. and a, a little more on that Portland game because, I tried to capture as much as I could from that post-game celebration, but it was great, great footage. But yeah. they, they actually, there were fans were hostile in that in arena. In Portland, yeah. Well, because well, basically what happened was, as you know, Keith Morris put something on the line on that <laughs> uh, that last shot. He 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 described it a little differently than maybe what actually what. What happened on the line? <laughs> the last two-minute report had their opinion. We can all have ours. But, um, but yes, so yes. and John, you know, every, so what, basically what happened was you saw him. He stepped on the line. They didn't call it. The fan they blew it up and paused it on the jumbos and uh, on the jumbotron. So this is in the final second, and the rest were reviewing the clock, I believe. So they w- it took a little bit of time. And the fans thought they were reviewing the call. They couldn't yeah. review the call. It's, it's not, not a reviewable, reviewable play. Which I knew, you know, I was right behind the bench, and we were all kind of waiting and w- watching for it. And the, and the Blazers, I think, took a timeout because yeah. they were setting up their final play with point four seconds. But they blew it up on the jumbotron, so the fans all see it and they're oh. screaming. 
scheming. Man. And every, I mean, the, this is that's loud. a curious. That's a curious decision. Uh, in game decision. Yeah, that oh, really. That, that's happened before. I don't. You know, that's. Do happening. we do that here? No. I mean, they they showed it a few times up there. I mean, they were, and it, it and the fans were. It was real loud, and they were booing. <laughs> so then there's .4 seconds left. Lillard gets off that last second shot at the buzzer. It's off. And then as soon as the buzzer sounded, the fans just start. I mean, it gets even louder. The scream. I thought something might have happened because I couldn't wow. really tell. I was blocked a little by the bench. Yeah. And the players, as soon as they game, you know, usually after a game, they stay on to do the TV interview, yeah. a radio yeah. interview. John and Brad usually stay on because they're usually asked. But uh, and then, you know, and then there's also some handshakes with the other teams. You know, uh-huh. it takes a little bit of time. But this one, they were basically sprinting some of them sprinted right off <laughs> right the court off to the get court. out of there the other ones were calling everyone else over to get everyone off the court and they yeah. were out of there within 30 seconds maybe less that the whole wow. team was off the court back into the locker room and i have i tried to chase john running from behind them so i have yeah. a little bit of amateur footage of him <laughs> screaming footage. yelling yelling some <laughs> things that are not allowed to be posted uh, <laughs> on our social channels but um, you know, if the bleep button was in there, this is this is all in celebratory <laughs> mode. I mean, he's yeah, running yeah. off celebrating, and then I ran all the way to the locker room. We're not allowed right into the locker room afterwards, but I was right outside it, and I could hear the yelling and the screaming and the banging on the lockers. And afterwards, they told the reporters that they're you know they celebrated that win in there. You know, jumping up on the chairs and banging on stuff and throwing water all over the place. Um, so it not that it was like that win meant something more but to win in that in that style they knew that was the fourth straight win on the road that was the fourth game in five nights they were down 20 that kind of solidified this you know that that they're just they're just not going to use excuses and they're going to fight every game and that's that's comes right from the top that's right from scott brooks and this team is really good yeah well that's, that's that's I think that we definitely know now. I know we definitely. That's I mean that was my confirmation from the road trip. I Good mean, recap, Jeremy. Yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> this right now this this team is really good, and this team is going to I mean going to the playoffs with really high expectations. Um, and it's historic because they're the only team in NBA history to start the season two and eight yes. and have this kind of a quick turnaround. Yes. Correct. Uh, it's just crazy. And, and if you look at the points, you know, Bradley Beal, 38 against Sacramento. John, 30 against Denver. 39 against Portland. Boyan stepping up in Phoenix. You know, I feel like it's one of those things where it's where obviously we would have been happy to get that win uh, Monday mm-hmm. at Minnesota. Um, where, but I feel like today at practice or shoot around before the Mavericks game since there was no practice yesterday – uh, the team is still in good spirits, and I think they're really happy with the results of that road trip and looking forward to build on that uh, in this brief homestand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like we we went before the trip, I think we all said we would have taken three and two and been happy with that. Been all right with two and three and some, depending <laughs> on how it happens. Yeah, I said I said I wouldn't if we went two and three, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But yeah. um, but to go four and one obviously is absolutely outstanding on a west coast trip like jacob said that's only been done twice before in the team's history hadn't been done since 1973 a four-in-one trip it's not like that's how hard it is and not that this team's been a dominant team for the last four decades but any team it doesn't matter like if you're a 
a top top team. It's hard to go four and one on a road trip. It just it just is, especially this time of the year. So um, to do it like the style that they did it with those three double digit comebacks. Um, the Minnesota game obviously was the I don't if it was a letdown. It was maybe a little bit of fatigue set yeah. in. Um, Minnesota had just beaten Golden State, so I'm sure they were riding high. Yeah, Minnesota's a decent. Minnesota's, Minnesota's playing pretty well. good. Minnesota's playing really yeah, well and playing really well. It's tough to win five games in a row on the road. Yeah, it doesn't and, happen often. And they gave up 41 points in the first quarter. And, and yeah. I, I don't know if we want to get too much into the negative, but you know, the flip side to all the comeback wins was they were in big holes. Yeah, and the defense just hasn't been that good over mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. at times it has because that's how they actually they came back with good d you know and they you know and you have to score but they they did it mostly with their defense to get back into the games but the early the first halves the defense just wasn't there in almost every game i mean they were giving up 30 plus points almost every first quarter and 60 something points every first half that's not the makeup of this team and and then when the playoffs do come around that's obviously you can't do that and you can't get into the big holes so especially if you go all the way back into january it's like Maybe every one out of four or five games, both teams are not scoring over a hundred points. Oh yeah. So the defense definitely, you know, it's something that I'm sure yeah. when the playoff Since starts is going to yeah. come down. And I, the reason I'm not overly worried, I'm you know, yeah. it's a little concerning, but I know they can play a good D because I've seen it. Yeah. And I guess I'm just hoping that when the playoffs do start, it's like you come out from the opening tip kind of locked in focused everything's yeah. clicking defensively that's the hope and then uh you know we know obviously know they're now i think they're fifth in the league in scoring now so um the offense is certainly not the offense is really clicking. nothing to yeah. worry about but um okay uh well that was a good recap of the road trip we're going to end it there even though i know as we're taping they haven't played dallas but we're not going to really preview that game because we have a big deal um I would say it's a pretty big deal. Daniel Chefu, right? He played on a national championship, Villanova Wildcats last year. He's going to be joining us here on Off the Bench coming up next. You don't want to miss it. Uh, We'll be right back. For Jeremy and Jacob, I'm Jamoke. Stay tuned. All right, WizKids, welcome back to Off the Bench. Jamoke Davis, Jeremy Hyman, and Jacob Raymond. Joining us now is a member of the defending national champion uh, Villanova Wildcats. Daniel Ochefu is joining us. Um, Just first tell us maybe a memory that you always look back on from last year's dynamic run. Uh, I have to say probably uh, after we won. Uh, in our hotel, we had a little section for our family and close friends. That, uh, we were all celebrating up there. Uh, the field up there was just great. Uh, a lot of euphoria up there and a lot of happiness uh, just on the whole floor. So I think that was probably my most memorable experience being with all our families and celebrating. How nervous were you in that last second? Chris Jenkins has the ball. I was just really – I was – I couldn't believe it. It was just a magical shot. So just walk us through the shot. What was going through your head? Uh, I wasn't really that nervous just because we didn't have anything to lose. It was a tie game. So even if we missed, we were going to overtime. But um, uh, I think just, I think we were just gonna trying to go down our own sword uh, the Villanova way. And everybody was just you know, locked in in the huddle. 
uh, we all knew what play was going to be called. We just listening to what spots we were going to be on. But um, everybody was locked in, and when the shot went in, you know, all madness broke loose. Are you um, – you've been talking a lot with, like, uh, Chris and uh, Josh, and uh, how are they feeling going into this year's tournament? Uh, I actually haven't brought up with them that much, but um, just because, you know, none of, none of the guys on the teams before talked to me about it that much. But uh, I may reach out to them just to wish them good luck. Uh, you know, not think about last year too much as they focus on this year. But uh, I know they're, I know Villanova does. I know they're focused 100%. Well, what was it like? Cause, because you guys, your first, you were a four-year guy there. Your first three years, you never at, make it out of the first weekend. And then all of a sudden, last year, your senior year, you and Ryan and all the guys there, I mean, you go all the way, you know, you're not picked by a lot of the experts going into it. Then you guys make it to the Final Four weekend. Everyone's talking about Buddy Heald, of course, in the Oklahoma game, and you guys are kind of under the radar. Just tell us what was that like in the whole that whole kind of weekend. Uh, it was crazy. You know, the Final Four weekend was one of the craziest weekends of my life, uh, how the NCAA set it up and uh, four, four different fan bases being there. But, uh, you know, us not being uh, the main story, you know, we're kind of used to that. You know, college basketball didn't really doesn't really show Villanova that much respect in terms of uh, picking us to go far in the tournament and stuff like that. But you know, we were happy to go over the hump uh, last year, and uh, you know, just you know, hopefully we can do it again this year. You had a good stat line: four or five, nine points, six rebounds, two blocks, two assists. How how do you feel like your name is etched in Villanova? History. You scored over a thousand points in a career. Played all four years there. You know when you go back. You know because I know it's tough now. You're not the star in the Washington Wizards, but right. you're a star back on campus, right? Right, right definitely. Um, always get a lot of love from the Nova Nation. Uh, you know, I show a lot of love back, but you know, I appreciate all the love I get from them. Always, always count on a good uh, welcome back if I'm at, if I'm back on campus. <laughs> Obviously, you know, Jay Wright is a legendary coach at Villanova, and um, What's it been like transitioning from playing for Jay Wright to uh, to Scott Brooks this season? Oh, uh, it's not that it's not that not that bad actually. Not that much of a difference uh, as far as uh, Coach Brooks, you know, focusing on a lot of defense first. Uh, but I think a lot of the uh, philosophies they both have, you know, are similar, and uh, it's easy for me to adjust just because I'm used to some of the things Coach Brooks are, you know, constantly telling us every day. I heard, I heard four years in college from Coach Wright, so. It's great for me to having a similar type of coach, but you know, also different in their own way. Now you've you're, you're playing in the NBA now, but off the court, it seems that you guys really get along well. And when I think about the trash talking amongst the teams, just being funny, right? Do you ever give? Uh, you beat Kansas and you beat Miami. You make sure Sheldon and Ubre and Keith know that on a regular basis. Yeah, you know, whenever someone you know, wants to bring it up. You know? <laughs> I was gonna say you guys, you guys beat Miami pretty good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So whenever Sheldon wants to bring that up, you know, I definitely have my, uh, you know, my key points that I hit on right there. And uh, you know, Keith, you know, he, Keith and Kelly don't really bring up the Kansas game. It was a okay. hard fought battle that one. That was a yeah. That was a good. That was a good one right there. This year, I, I know you're gonna pick Villanova. We'll get you out on this. How is your experience here going from a starter to playing, being on the bench, not knowing how much time you're going to get? How has that 
maybe not made it easier for you, but I know finding a way to grow and still learn to be better at the game, even though you're not really getting a lot of playing time. Uh, I think for me, it's just uh, we have we have so many vets, vets on the team, and you know, I have a lot of good good minds just constantly in my ear, you know, giving me advice, showing me how to do things, how to be a professional. So I think that's what's making my transition as easy as it is. Okay. All right. Thank you very thank much, you, Daniel. Daniel, for joining us. We know you got the Wildcats winning it all. all uh, come on. Uh, WizKids, you didn't expect it would be anything but Nova if it was oh, Daniel Chefu here. But thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Off the Bench will be right back. WizKids, welcome back to Off the Bench. That was great having Daniel Chefu just talking about his experience in the NCAA. But now we're going to get to our NCAA picks. Uh, I am very disappointed in Pitt not only being in not in this tournament, but not even in the NIT. That's embarrassing. Well, they're not a very good team, Jamoke. Okay? In my mind, Pitt is always they did, a really good They did team. beat my Terps early in the year, though. That's right. When I was like, man, Pitt looks great. And then they just tanked from there. ACC season didn't treat them too well. No. Meanwhile, Kevin uh, Kevin's old team Vanderbilt is back in the tournament, um, while our coach Stallings is not getting pit there. Uh, but neither is Syracuse. But Jeremy, okay, let's focus on NCAA's. Uh, we'll start with you. <laughs> had Jacob. to throw that Syracuse <laughs> shot in there real quick. <laughs> you know, I actually I got on Snub on selection on selection Snub Sunday, <laughs> on selection Sunday I got. Um, duped on Twitter by a fake bracket and, te- and, <laughs> and texted Jeremy that Syracuse was in and then obviously Syracuse didn't get in so oh I, I felt pretty bad about that to be honest we got snubbed again snubbed again second time second time we got snubbed in the last decade but that's cool they want to put Wake in we had a better ACC record we beat Wake uh, had f- five top 50 wins Wake had one yeah that's cool it's and Wake uh, lost to Kansas State, so they're already out, and we haven't even really started yet. So, good, good decision. Since obviously we are going not to bitter. be doing another, but not no, not bitter at not all, not bitter at all, not bitter at all. Greensboro comment. I texted Jeremy. It's like, oh, you notice you got to play UNC Greensboro. And it's got night. a little bit of a sense of humor. And <laughs> it's got a sense of humor. <laughs> That was great. Okay, but we know we're going to do the podcast well before Sweet 16 or Final Four. So how about we just go through who we think are some of the upsets in the first weekend? What are you looking at, uh, Jeremy? What do you got? Any upsets? Uh, I have a lot of double-digit seeds winning first weekend, but I usually overpick double digits just because I love upsets so much. Uh, I'm a big tournament guy. Love watching all the games. Uh, first weekend's usually my favorite weekend, even yeah. though sometimes the better games are actually later in the month, you know, when you get to those Sweet 16 Elite 8 matchups. But um, a couple double-digit seeds I have my eye on this year. Uh, I like Nevada. Wow. I like – I think Purdue is going to have trouble getting by Vermont, even though Purdue has a lot of the size. Catamounts. I like Vermont, but I think that's a tough matchup for them. Um I'll Whoa. say that I dislike both Vermont and Nevada. Thank you. Jeez, okay, Jacob. I like both those favorites going through there. Um, who else did I pick? Any other big double? Di- Rhode Island, I think, is probably going to have a good chance to move on as an 11. I, I have Rhode Island. Um, S- Wichita State is terribly over. Wichita under- State is favored by like seven points. They could points. be Kentucky, by the way. Yeah, that, yes. I don't know how Wichita State got a 10, to, and that's such a bad and Maryland draw for six. Dayton. 
Um, That's an upset that I couldn't see happening in the South, but I do. I just couldn't pick can pick Wichita State, but I could see them beating Kentucky. Yeah, in and I period. love love Michigan. Love Michigan <laughs> moving love on. Michigan, of course. Big Ten champs right here at Verizon Center just a few <laughs> days ago. Um, I think they are going to keep riding this magic just like Kemba Walker did a few years ago with UConn. Oh, my God. I got rid of my tickets after I was disgusted by Maryland's performance <laughs> against Northwestern. But, uh, yeah, so the Michigan's a seven, so not a double digit. But I like Michigan moving on this uh, over Louisville okay. into the second weekend. So we kind of wrapped up Midwest, even though I know we jumped down. But I have one question before we move over to the south. Is when you look at this bracket, is nine over eight an upset? Mm, not no. really. Right? No. no, it's not an upset. Okay, that was I just a brief survey. technically, yeah, but, but not really. Not really. Eight, nine is usually a toss-up. Even seven tens are... Fairly yeah. The, most of the six elevens are pretty close to toss ups too. Yeah. yeah. You see, seeds don't really matter. It's just matchups now. Um, okay, let's hey. move to the south. Any upsets in the south? Oh, I didn't know we were just going region by region. Well, we'll go region by region. I was giving you a, an overview of my my pick. I don't have that many upsets actually on the other in the other uh, sides. I think I have most of the east and west on that left side of the bracket. I have pretty pretty chalk. It's all chalk. Pretty much chalk. I don't. I just don't like a lot of those teams. But based on my past bracket picking, that's probably where all the oh. upsets will happen. Yeah. So. I mean, basically, if we're basing this Maryland, on my past, are bracket you worried about rankings, Xavier? Of course, I'm worried about Xavier. Oh my gosh, that Maryland yeah. is not coming Maryland in playing well. Done. That's a tough game for Maryland first round. But I, yeah, Maryland's so hard to figure out because they're another one of those teams you could see beating almost anyone and losing to almost anyone. Yeah. Which is usually what happens with a lot of those type of teams seated around there but uh now in the west i've also heard florida gulf coast over florida state i don't yeah. know if that's possible that's a fun it's game like, it's gonna uh, be a fun game florida state's got a lot of length and they're really athletic they're tough but uh, you know yeah tough draw for them to get florida state first round um and the game's in orlando shout so. out to robert ketzia and tanya who all went to florida state and uh, I would hate to have them their ru- their weekend ruined, but it, it very well may be. I'm fine with yeah. ruining Katsia's weekend. <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> messed up. I'm uh yeah, Syracuse handled Florida State, so I'm a little biased. I know Florida State was better than how they played in that game. That's like I've seen them play a couple times, but I'm a little just because Syracuse worked them so bad. <laughs> yeah, I kind of <laughs> Still am biased against man. them, but. Um, you know, Syracuse also beat two seed Duke, also beat four or five seed UVA, but somehow yeah. somehow they aren't in here. So my pick, my upsets are UNC Wilmington over Virginia. I've got New Mexico State over Baylor are my two big I upsets like that. in the, in the I East. I picked Baylor to lose first round last year, and that worked well for yeah. me. So I like that. Baylor's another one of those teams that – Literally could lose to anybody and definitely could beat anyone. They they've proven that this year. I I took uh, I mean, with little factual basis behind this. <laughs> I mean, just a lot of guessing. Um, you know, I read way too much, obviously, and I change know, my picks yes, forty five million times. See, I really I never change. So picks. what I should do is what I, don't I mean, do that. I, I don't really that. every year I say. I'm I'm not going to read anything. I'm going to fill out the bracket. That's you know, what I, I, did. I watch a lot of basketball, but it's not like, you know, I have ample opportunities to watch Winthrop play. Yeah. I mean, th- how often are they on TV? So, I mean, maybe you can catch them on ESPN 3 or something like that, but No. Yeah. I watched but, the conference tournament games the week before the 
you know, with those little teams, and I always pick one or two that I like that I see. Well, I decided I liked Winthrop to beat Butler. Um, wow. I um, and what was the other one that I was looking at? You only have like you only have two upsets. No, no, I have a couple. I mean, I have a couple that you've already mentioned. I mean, Middle Tennessee State that is going to be a tough game for uh, Minnesota. Middle Tennessee State is favored. Yeah, that Minnesota team is certainly capable. I don't but know Minnesota how they got made five. it to the Big Ten final. No, I mean, that that's not it. factual. No. Semifinals. No. Semifinals. Sorry, semifinals. by that's Michigan. Right. That's right. Little Patino. They beat anybody, though. I mean, I don't think Michigan <laughs> State's very good. That Minnesota team, they're okay. I still don't know how they're a five seed. That is, like, beyond me. How they got a five. And Wisconsin got an eight. Wisconsin oh, got an eight. Got and Michigan got a seven. seven. I don't know how in and the And Maryland world. a six. Maryland should be, like, in the play-in game. As the committee 11. somehow <laughs> I, just, like, picked numbers and, like, randomly threw them against Big Ten teams because, granted, the Big Ten is a complete toss-up, but... I don't know how they seeded them, but that's a tough, tough first-round game for Minnesota with that 12. That's kind of looking like the classic 12-5 upset, the Middle Tennessee State game. Uh, tough team, Middle Tennessee State. Beat Michigan State last year in the first round. Has a 15 seed. They're better this year. And uh, Syracuse, of course, crushed them in the second round, but they couldn't handle the zone. I'm a couple a couple second-round matchups that they have, and I like, I like SMU to upset Baylor. One of our coworkers, um, Flav, wants me to say NC Central will do some damage. <laughs> I don't know if that'll happen, but they still he's to, excited they about have to it. win. They have to win tonight. <laughs> they do. They do. Which I do love the play-in game, right? Tuesday, I got to watch some great games yesterday, and then today, hopefully, it'll be some good games tonight. Going into the tournament tomorrow. That New Orleans Mount St. Mary's game was a classic. Was it yeah, was? I it. Oh man, you missed a good ending. Especially when those players like started pushing and shoving, I well, was like, "What the, the heck?" Ending. That was weird. No, that was that very was weird. weird. Yeah, it made me uncomfortable their for own them. Team. I Teammates. know he started choking him going on yeah, to the sideline. I was like, "Whoa!" Very weird. It was okay. Just because we're supposed to do this, what are your final four? Even though I know we said we're only going to pick this weekend because we got more podcasts to go. Probably too, probably too chalky. It is. My tell us, tell us Jacob. Let, reveal it to the yes. world. Kansas, North Carolina, Arizona, Duke. Okay. Well, I think I think a lot of people, you know, the the people that don't pick crazy upsets, I think between the the 1, 2 and 3 seeds in almost every region, you could put some permutation of yeah. of any of them because uh, there's not like the difference between the 1s and the 3s are really not that different this year. There's not like some clear-cut favorites at the top line. I don't like I don't think Nova and Kansas and those Carolinas are like clear clear ahead of everyone else definitely not. yeah very close with the twos and threes kentucky, they're all so North close carolina has to get through kentucky or ucla so I I t- um, yeah. um i am going with villanova ochefu and uh i've got arizona coming out of the west I've got Michigan, of course, coming out of the. Oh Midwest. come on! <laughs> no, a seven, like what the why? Seven Are you seed. serious? Why not, Jamoke? I've watched Michigan all year. I love this. This team. Cinderella run is done. It. No, I love this Michigan. I've loved them since December wow. when they were struggling, and John I couldn't. Beeline. Beeline. Okay, a Beeline for the final. They have. Four. They have a great team and a team capable of making a run because okay. they have some shooters. And out of the South, I like UCLA. So two pack twelve teams. I like UCLA wow. and Arizona making the final four with Nova, Michigan, and our, I guess we'll save our final four picks for next week. Or yeah, when when we a couple of the games that I'm incredibly excited for if they occur are Villanova, Duke, at Madison Square Garden is going to be a classic. 
Uh, UCLA uh, Kentucky is about as good a Sweet 16 matchup as you could possibly hope for if that yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, Gonzaga Arizona. Um, yep. There's some, oh, some just some really this, tasty yeah, really matchups. Is. Yep. There's going to be if if it stays Chuck, which it never does. We always not. we always get excited for these matchups that never end up happening. But if some of them do happen, there Villanova will be Villanova Duke at the Garden. Yeah, some really <laughs> good games. Real good. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be some great that second weekend should really be uh exciting basketball all right that's our ncaa picks i'm going with nova zona kansas and north carolina pretty chalk but uh listen if you all are basketball junkies like we are i'm sure you'll be watching the tournament and enjoying it and of course you've probably filled out some kind of bracket somewhere hope you've enjoyed the podcast we want to thank daniel chefu for joining us for Jacob Raym and Jeremy Hyman, I'm Jamoke Davis, and that was Off the Bench. Ciao for now.